counselors, approach the bench. I have no further witnesses, Your Honor. Curiosity, I'm allowing this freak show to continue. Your Honor, I'd like to ask for a recess. Overruled. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? Welcome to Movie Mistrial. The podcast where we examine the IMDb Top 250 and anger a million people with our bad faith arguments. My name is Johannes. And I am Raji. Today, we're talking about yet another film off the list. Damien, Damien Chazelle's jazz drama, Whiplash. I think it's more than a drama. I think this movie is uh, almost like a horror film, but, you know, extremely uncomfortable. Uh, but, yeah. Damien Chazelle's jazz band drama, Whiplash. Whiplash was released on January 14th, 2014, starring Miles Teller, J.K. Simmons, and Melissa Benoist. Before we get hazed by our music teacher, I gotta ask you, great listeners, to make sure you leave a review for this podcast in your favorite podcast platforms. Give us a thumbs up, tell your friends, and tell us if we're too fast, too slow. Anything in between, <laughs> but anyway, how's your weeping? It's been interesting, it's been interesting. Um, lots of you know, family time because of the holidays, and lots of relaxing. The English Premiership is back, and uh, I think it's generally okay. How about you? How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I, I was joking, I'm, I'm currently wearing a neck brace because I hurt my neck, I don't know how it just happened. Um, so I was, I was, I was saying this movie literally gave me whiplash. Um, <laughs> but I mean, aside from that, I, I, I've been, I've been okay. Yeah. I've been good. Um, I'm glad to hear. I mean, despite the fact that, uh, I'm really sorry about your neck. Uh, I, we're, we're, I can see you via video. Uh, and I was just saying earlier that neck pains can be understated, but very uncomfortable. Uh, right. we don't give the neck the the necessary respect that it deserves. Um, so hope you get better soon. And uh, hopefully we get to uh, annoy enough people that maybe they can punch your neck back in place. Yeah. Uncomfortable <laughs> conversation, I know. <laughs> Not my tempo. Um, <laughs> so, Whiplash, let's, let's figure out where we are. Let's do the coin toss first. I'm going to go with heads. Heads. Yes. Tails. Tails. So what is it going to be? I'll speak for this movie. You speak for this movie. All right. Well, I'm going to speak against this film. Against this film. Um, but before we do that, I think we should do a synopsis of what this movie is about. Excellent. Let's do that. Andrew Neiman is an ambitious young jazz drummer in pursuit of rising to the top of his elite music conservatory. Terence Fletcher, an instructor known for his terrifying teaching methods, discovers Andrew and transfers the aspiring drummer into the top jazz ensemble, forever changing the young man's life. But Andrew's passion to achieve perfection quickly spirals into obsession, as his ruthless teacher pushes him to the brink of his ability and his sanity. And the witness will address this court as judge or your honor. Ladies and gentlemen, people who are listening to this podcast, you would... Uh... You would it would behoove you to think that this movie was excellent, but I think that there are a couple of things that makes this movie fall far from grace. The first thing is the scope. I think that one of the things that you have to appreciate about this film is that the scope of the film is very narrow. 
all the action takes place in on the stage on uh in front of the theater most of all the character developments happen within that time within that sphere of influence a lot of the characters on the side are also very flat and generic um we mentioned earlier that melissa benoit plays uh, a character in the show but we might as well have removed her from this whole film and the story would never have changed um i also think that we also have characters who don't add anything the dad in this movie seemed uh seemed to want to be a reassuring character but having him in the film doesn't do much we know they have a routine where they go watch movies together and uh, the dad is trying to be there well the, the the idea of the father was reinforced by the music teacher played by jk simmons um terence fletcher and we never got to see another aspect of him outside of him hugging his dad and uh getting to watch movies together i, I so we have characters who are too intense characters who are very flat and this movie focuses on two main characters who get to steal the camera scene at every particular point of this film so my argument in that scenario is we have two overwhelmingly strong characters um who play the lead and uh we have extremely fat characters who don't add much to where the story is going to go. The decisions are being made by the characters, the main characters in the film. Um and the chess games that happen uh leave no other character uh any room for growth or actually being able to affect the film in any way. So the scope of the film is small, the characters on the side are very have very little to do, and then because of that, we get to choose scenes with those characters ineffectual to scenes um where nothing really happens in the context of the of the show of the movie uh they don't move the character forward they don't move the story forward um so in that sense we have a lot of fat that can be chewed on um so that's uh that's the context uh, that I'm going to argue again uh, argue from hmm interesting uh i i feel like on the contrary the this, well, on the contrary, the scope, yes, is small, but I think it needs to be. Uh, we do find the dad having kind of a pivotal scene um, at the family dinner, I think, um, because that's telling us one of the main motivations and kind of points of conflict for the Miles Teller character. Um, because we find a family doesn't, that doesn't appreciate the achievements that their son has done has gotten is on the path i'm getting um because it's 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 unrelatable enough jazz music you know um and and like we have their son is arguably you know he's part of the best jazz band on the school level in the u.s you know so he has reached like the peak kind of the the you know the best um and and then you know, his brother is like whatever quarterback at a third league, you know, whatever. And he points that out. Um, but the family is kind of celebrating that because sports is m- so much more relatable than a career music. Um, but I think that's that's one of the key things that drives the character. Uh, as, as far as scope goes, I think this movie is really about 
finding the diamond uh, in terms of music, right? His inspiration is Buddy Rich, like one of the best jazz drummers uh, that has existed. And uh, he's he's trying to get there and he thinks he's good. He's very young, but he's he's very good. Right, and he's matched with uh, J.K. Simmons, who, for all his teaching career, has tried to find that person again, and he's pushing and he's pushing and he's pushing um, to hopefully, you know, find that diamond that's that's in the rough, but with with the training and the pushing and the, you know. Um, really, really going into the insane details of like you're too fast, you're too too slow, you know my tempo. Count this, do this, right? Um, jumping between bars, um, but still being on track. Still understanding where you are in the music and all that. Uh, he's he's really trying to find excellence, and he hasn't until Miles Teller comes around. So it it really is a music about kind of the diamond in the rough. And finding the next a genius in music, uh, in this case, in drumming. And uh, I think to get there, we really need to be so focused in and understand where uh, the character is coming from, why he's motivated to do this, and and you know what he wants to do, and why he's putting up with what he's putting up with. Um. So yeah, I think uh, while this might be a difficult movie to watch. Uh, we do have some excellent music, uh, excellent musicianship, and we do at the end find our next buddy Rich. And uh, I think the ride there is uncomfortable, but worth it. It's uh, it's interesting you say that we find the next buddy Rich. I'm not entirely sure that was established, um, but I'm gonna say a couple of things too. Um, one breakout performance does not make a Roddy Rich. Uh, it's consistency that makes a Roddy Rich, and I think that was never explored. So we can jump to the exemption uh, that you know there was a Roddy Rich created, but given how finicky the character of Terence Fletcher is, the next time he plays, he could just say, "Hey, you've been playing horrible today," and he ne- and kicks him out of his band. Um, I, I I have a couple of things to elaborate on um, from the points that I made earlier. Um, I think if you focus this movie on the relationship between uh, the main character and um, Roddy Rich, um, Andrew and Terrence Fletcher, um, this movie feels like it's trying to tell us something, right? It's trying to tell us basically what you just said. This movie is about finding... It's about reputation. It's about legacy. It's about leaving um, a leaving something behind that people will remember you by. Um, and I think when you look at those contexts, you will understand that having the dinner, why the dinner at the home is interesting. Um, it would also tell you, you know, why maybe going on a date could be interesting and why he broke up his with uh, with the character of Nicole in the movie, that could be interesting, but I don't think that any of those things were compelling enough, or they felt strong enough to add to the story. If we, let's take for example, 
we never met the character of Nicole Benoit. And she's just, he just goes um, to the movie theater with his dad, watches a film, uh, and then goes home. We never, he never asks her for a drink or asks her on a date. They never hang out or as a girlfriend or a boyfriend. I'm not entirely sure this movie would have changed in any way or form because their whole character story was, had no consequence whatsoever. If you look at this, the situation with his dad too, I also think that that is uh, interesting because their relationship is relatively flat. You talk about the dinner. I, I also mentioned the dinner with the family where, you know, everybody does not respect um, his goals and ambitions as a musician, but everybody was able to jump on the fact that his cousins or brothers or whatever his characters are played, um, played football and as such were being respected. Um, that is very interesting, but I don't entirely know how that changes the movie as well, because he was looking for respect. Whether his cousins respected him or not was was neither here nor there. If that that scene didn't exist in this movie, we would still be looking for legacy. We would still be looking for respect, and we would still be looking for, um, you know diamonds in the rough um so that's another scene that didn't feel like it, it was meant to add more context to the character but it definitely doesn't feel like it needed to be there this movie was two hours long or give or take one hour 50 minutes um and i think that if we could shave 20 minutes from this movie it could actually even become even a better film because we get to experience people being driven to their very edge and all this latent, you know, night, um, side stories doesn't takes away from what the story was trying to get at. It's, um, it's, it's so, it's such an interesting, and I think that maybe the director was trying to infuse a little bit more. Maybe he felt like he got some notes and said, Hey, we need to have a love story in this to expand the audience. But I felt like, those things kind of took away from the film and the more time spent with the story, uh, the better for this film. I also, I think maybe I should so, give you some time to respond. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so on the one hand, you're critiquing that the movie is too focused in and we don't get a lot of time, um, you know, outside of the, the rehearsal rooms and the stages. On the other hand, you say that the stuff that's outside of those places is, not relevant right so I, I feel like there's just kind of a discrepancy there um the the relationship he has i'll let you answer <laughs> but the relationship he has uh with uh, nicole i think right um and where he has that that sit down of like you know i i know exactly how this is going to happen because i really want want to do this right like and and i think that and the dinner are both purely there to show like this dude is driven af and we see that after the the car crash he still shows up right like uh, all these things and it's it's like he he wants to be he wants to excel he knows he's he's got it um despite whatever comes his way like he is trying to get there what whatever happens right and he's not getting the credit for it from his family which i'm sure sucks right and then he's he also understand that 
spending time in a relationship will only be a distraction and will prevent him from getting there. So I think it, it just shows the determination that he has. And I think that's important because otherwise, why would he put up with all, all the things that happen in this? Right? He puts up with it because he wants to freaking get there. And because he knows he's good. I don't know. I'm 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 of two minds. Like the real the real the real motivation I have after watching this film is to is to wonder whether he actually wants to be successful as a musician or he wants the validation from Terence Fletcher. Because I don't know whether he becomes successful at any point after this, but I think that smile at the very end when Terence Fletcher focused in on him and made him feel like he was the center of the world. I think that more, meant more to him than anything else. I'm, I think that, you know, there are a couple of interesting conversations that they had, especially in, you know, when he was walking in a southern plane and they had the dinner. And he said, you know, I've been trying to get my own Roddy Rich, but I have not been able to achieve that. Um, and he said, um, they talked about uh, the fact that if, um, if somebody wanted to be the best, they would never quit. And one of the things that was kind of established was that he wasn't playing as often anymore. He had he was looking back and reminiscing at his time uh, as a kid. Um, I don't think he was actively pursuing drumming until he was approached by Terence uh, Terence Fletcher once again, and he then takes up the drumming and says he's going to do it all over again, go through all that pain. Terence Fletcher put a, put, a, put a trap in there. And what he was trying to do was trying to figure out exactly what would happen if he fails. Um, and what happened was he failed, got up, went to his dad for a hug. But then he thought about it, turned around, and gave the performance of his life. He got the smile he wanted, the recognition he needed, um, that he never got from his dad. He never got that recognition from his dad. Um, and as a result, the movie ends in an uncomfortably happy place because what the movie is also trying to say is that this whole psychological warfare thing that was happening between him and Terrence Howard was successful in pushing him to the brink and getting him out of his comfort zone and making him the best player he can find or he has ever worked with. But in reality, I'm not entirely sure whether the message is the, the greatest and I think that, honestly, I don't think that we should be the ones who are dictating what the morality of a movie is. Um, and as such, I'm not going to dink the movie on what the morality it's trying to pursue. What I will say is, um, at the end of the film, it was never established that he became a really great drummer. It was established that he really played very well once. Um, and given the history... I feel like Terrence Howard, uh, Terrence Fletcher, <laughs> Terrence Howard, Terrence Fletcher would have could have easily turned on him the next time he played. Um, you mentioned the story about him and his girlfriend, and you mentioned the idea, the point that I made earlier that the movie was both narrow, um, and um, unfocused in some areas, um, and I think that it's a fair point to bring up, but I also think that I I feel comfortable in that argument. Because this movie, um, the, the things that happen outside of the periphery of the stage 
um, don't have as much, don't have any impact on on what is happening on the stage, right? The fact that this movie happens on everything that happens in this movie happens on a stage um, is the point of being narrow. But I don't think there's anything outside of the stage that affected that particular stage. I don't think there's any action by any character that affected how he played. There's no action. Um, whether, whether his dad hugged him or not didn't affect where the story was going to go. Um, the importance of the stage is so significant and all the things that out, happened outside of it didn't really affect it. If you, like I said, if you remove the dinner, we would still have the fact that he was motivated to be the best. If we removed the girlfriend, he would still be motivated to be the best. Um, those things are just periphery. They don't ha- add much to the character. Um, but I, I, I mean, I can see the argument you're trying to make is basically what I'm trying to say. But I still feel comfortable in the point that I was trying to make. So, I mean, it, it was not just like any like concert at the end, right? Um, like there was the Newport Jazz Festival, which uh, apparently I'm not super big into jazz. So, um, but, you know, just kind of reading about it a little bit, like there there have been very notable performances and recordings of it, um, of performances from the festival. And I think that's essentially what this is, is kind of going towards, right? Fletcher invites him because he wants to ensure that he's never going to have a career in jazz music again, right? He wants to destroy him on a gigantic stage, one of, you know, pronounced festivals uh, with recording, I would assume, right? And just make sure never, ever will you, will you know, you little critter, like walk on stage in a, in a, in a jazz concert again because you destroyed my life. Um, but then he, he, you know, that is the thing that, that finally pushed uh, Andrew over, right? And that's, I think that's how, if, if we just follow kind of the narrative uh, within the story and, and kind of what Fletcher is also telling of like how, you know, these other jazz musicians made it, made it big and how he justifies his abuse. Um, this is how his abuse finally kind of created that diamond, right? He took over, he control, he took over control of the whole event essentially um, and broke against this kind of idolized super teacher person and and took the reins from him, right? And created something like gigantic. And I think that's how and that's why, you know, he is kind of the diamond at the end and he makes it. Right. Because the event is not just, just some silly concert, but it is a revered, like much recorded event within the jazz community. So yeah, I feel I feel like it is fairly clear at the end that that it is you know we've achieved this kind of peak musicianship in this at the end i'm i'm not entirely sure i think that we i think the only thing we can say is that there's a connection between Terence fletcher and um and andrew for sure i i i will agree with you on that but we never saw the reaction of the crowd 
We never saw, you know, after the weak applause from the first play, um, we never knew how they were going to take the second one. Because what they were seeing on the stage was chaos. They saw the conductor losing um, control of his drummer. We saw the drummer taking over the whole play, telling him everybody that I'm going to cue you in. I'm going to cue you in. Um, and we finally saw um, the um, uh, Terrence initially losing control and eventually starting to ride uh, and then creating a connection with the drummer. And uh, based on their weird relationship, uh, they were able to ride through that original chaos. But we don't, I don't know if, I don't know how everybody took it. I don't know if those guys in there would go, all right, we want um, a situation where if somebody's under pressure, under having a significant amount of anxiety, they would take over the whole band. I'm not entirely sure how well they're going to take that whole event. Like I said, this is not a morality wrestling, and I don't want to make assumptions on how, you know, the judges who've had years of experience listening to this stuff would take um, an out-of-control um, drummer who wanted to make a point to his teacher who put him up or set him up to fail. So that's that's my that's my perspective. I think that the only thing we can guarantee is the connection between Terrence and Andrew um, and the way uh, Andrew's father watched in horror as his son played to the tune of the puppeteer who was, um, who was uh, Terrence um, kind of gave you uh, a full view that, you know, Terrence and him are fully connected. But I'm not entirely sure that that connection would exist for the whole crowd or how the whole crowd would take the whole presentation that was done. I think that's fair. I think it's very alluded to, right? Because the, like the reaction of Fletcher is very clear. Like, um, he got. He was it. anxious on stage. He was oh, he was super anxious. anxious. But but then you know, at, like at some point, he was like, "Oh, okay, I'm in a moment. This works. This is actually really good. Like, do mm -hmm. your thing." He encouraged him to do it. Right, he yes. gave him a little direction here and there, but then he kept on encouraging him doing it. And then, you know, one swoop, and they go into the next song. And I, I think it's it's stuff like that that just will, that would, it's fictional, right? That would bring people that are into jazz really into like, oh, okay, that kid, something else, right? Mm -hmm. Because, um. The stuff that was played, I, I play drums. Uh, I played drums for a long time, but um, a long a while ago. But um, like the stuff he he played, the stuff the person played that played the actual recording, um, is crazy. <laughs> yep. Right. Um, and is really good. But so so it is within kind of the the world that we built here. Uh, it, it is outlandish and outrageous what he achieved there right um so so yeah i feel like he was able to combat fletcher and yes they were connected at the end like they were enemies but you know fletcher got his one goal he was able to to find the next buddy rich and andrew got his goal you know he is the next buddy rich 
So I, I feel like it's pretty clear, but we can agree to disagree on that. Um, I also think that it's one of the things that I would say about the film was that they they were reiterating the same point over and over again, emphasizing the intensity with which he played with the blood on the sticks and the blood on the drums, the sweat and the blood and the blood and the sweat. The accident that happened, his intensity getting up, him not even worrying about himself. It felt like they kept hitting you in the head with going, he wants ambition. He needs ambition. He wants to achieve. He wants to achieve. So the movie was very one note. It was like, oh, he wants to achieve stuff. He wants to achieve this. He wants to achieve this. And irrespective of whatever happens, whatever um, obstacles that he faces, he is going to achieve this goal. Um, it felt like it was very like in your face all the time. Um, and I think that's where the weakness of the side characters who were supposed to flesh him out a little bit more uh, kind of shown. It would have been more interesting if um, those characters could have had more impact on how he played and how on the decisions he made. That could have been a little bit more balanced. But the fact that, you know, we had that hyper focus on one end and all the peripherals, all the peripheries were not strong enough to counter anything uh, from that particular perspective. Um, the movie kind of felt very unbalanced. Um, so, that, you know, those, that's my characteristic. Those, and I think because of that particular stuff, all because of the, how unbalanced it was, every single thing that happened outside the scope of him playing seemed superfluous to the goal of the film and it kind of dragged on outside of that and that's where I felt like the movie got too long Um, if they wanted to focus on the drums they could have focused on that Um, I think that the scope argument is the scope argument the scope argument is that you know everything happened on stage all the action scenes all the drama everything happened on that stage um, it's kind of hyper-focused, but I th- also think that uh, the, the, it could have been less hyper-focused if the, um, if the characters were not so weak, the superfluous characters. Hmm. Interesting. I almost feel like we, we saw two different movies then, right? Because I feel like that, that, that's kind of the point. Like it, it is the point that you have this, this one person that is just so determined whatever it, it takes to to reach that goal and he reaches it that's that movie in a nutshell it is it is i totally agree with you on that and i think that so it's like let me give you one or more example that dinner place where the uncle was talking about you know why don't you make friends because friends are going to be significant and we're talking about how friends um friends uh don't matter if you want to be remembered um, that conversation was basically what played out throughout the whole film. He was willing to uh, demean people he worked with. He was willing to chastise them just to get to that goal. And then you wonder, it's like, would we have learned all of that if that dinner table conversation didn't happen? I think we would have. And I think that those um, those points would have been stronger because he would have acted those out. And we would have seen the kind of character he was. We didn't have to have that conversation to learn about learn about that motivation. It's basically my point. Hmm. 
All right. I mean, like I said, I've, I feel like it's just kind of little supporting pieces, right? Like little mm-hmm. supporting, like bars of music <laughs> that kind of complement this yeah. character's journey. So, all right. Uh, I, got, I got nothing else. All right. I have nothing else, too. I guess we can oh. go to the sidebar. Of the rules. Sidebar. Guilty. Speculation. Hearsay. Bailiff. Briefcase. Disregard. In my chambers. Stop Beaver on the witness. Arrest. We could totally be lawyers. And we're back. We're back. So I feel like we, we've really danced around the reason why you called it a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was kind of surprised you didn't bring that up as a as a negative. Like all the abuse. And the, like it is a very hard movie to watch uh, in, in I, some I regards. Because. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I'll let you finish. Go on. No, be, because of the, of that gigantic abuse piece, right? Then that it is, um, like Fletcher is is evil in in some ways, right? And and I think there's kind of a very funky morality lesson here uh, that we can get out of it. So I'm kind of surprised you didn't bring it up. Yeah, but I don't think that's a negative. I think that's if anything, that's the positive of this film. Despite the fact that this the scope is narrow, despite the fact that the side characters are not strong, the intensity between him and um, Terence Fletcher, between Andrew and Terence Fletcher, is so palpating that it makes you uncomfortable to watch what is going on. And the movie doesn't feel like a music film. It feels like a horror film. Because you know where it's a psychological... It felt like a psychological horror. Because I'm watching this character devolve. Um, We see, you know, there's a scene where he's looking at himself as a child where he was playing the drums. When he was playing the drums because he loved playing the drums. Now he doesn't play the drums because he loves it. He plays it because he wants to prove a point. Um, And I think that is the horror that is the psychological horror of how he was being treated by Terrence. The fact that he tried to escape it, the fact that he argued with the lawyer, uh, and then he went back to the the arms of Terrence at the very end, shows that, you know, this kind of psychological treatment, unfortunately, has an effect on some kinds of people. Um, and some people got hang themselves, and some people embrace it. I don't know where this character is going to go in the end, but the idea that I get to watch that part of his life makes it very uncomfortable. And I kept cringing, sitting at the very end, watching him drum so hard in front of everybody. And I felt like his dad, because who was peeping through that door, uh, looking at his son being played. And, you know, Terrence used hand motions to control him at the very end, like slow down bring the tempo up. And I was like, he's playing him like a puppet. Um, And that was the real horror of the show, that despite everything we've seen, all the abuse that we've watched, he got his man. And uh, yeah, it was very uncomfortable. Hmm. See, I, I, again, I read that very differently, that scene, because I've, Fletcher at the end of the day is still the conductor of, that band right mm-hmm. so he is then like after he he accepted that the control was kind of taken over by by andrew like he he is reining it in but again like he's taking it over again but then he's doing what he's supposed to do and he's conducting him right he's he's giving him direction on on all the things so i i don't necessarily feel like i i 
I think since since Andrew took over control over somebody like Fletcher, I don't mm-hmm. think he'll ever be going back to being submissive on on that level, right? Like he he was able to defeat him. He was able to show his prowess in drumming. Mm-hmm. Um, he's okay now. He's accept you know like you're the musical director. You take the lead. I'll follow your lead. But I I proved my worth. You don't have to abuse me anymore, right? Like I'm so so. That's how I, how I understood understood that. Um, I I mean I think it's not just the abuse towards him, right? But it's it's like the abuse towards all the other ones in the band, and to to kind of a crazy point too, right? I I did watch the um, short film this is based on mm-hmm. um, just before this recording. And uh, it's essentially the um, the first band practice Andrew is joining, right? So it's the um, where the trombones, one of the trombone players, is out of tune, and like and that whole scene, and uh, you know the whole he's letting he's letting Andrew play, and it's like oh it's pretty good. The next buddy Rich here, right? And, and, and it's like no, he's only doing that to give him false comfort and mm. to to really crush him down. And then in the short film, it's interesting that the same. Um, other drummer was it it's not miles teller as andrew but somebody else but then the the first drummer we see in the band uh he's there as well and if you watch him he's like he knows exactly what's happening and he's starting smiling he's starting picking up his sticks he's just, just kind of casually looking at the sticks like oh it's gonna be my turn soon right and then we do in the i i, I recall in the movie same thing happens when the the third drummer enters the stage mm-hmm. uh, in the rehearsal room right and then andrew is sitting behind him you know, and, and, and he messes up. And, you know, Andrew is also picking up his sticks and smiling. It's like, haha, you know, I'm not the only one that has to go through this. But, you know, on a, again, like from a morality and fundamental level, I think the message of this is pretty funky. Yeah, I agree. Right. It, like, okay, so we're justifying abuse of years of classes. Of kids by getting this one person out of it, right? And like, and it's contrasted by by the suicide of the, of the other um, musician, right? Where it's yeah. like, okay, this person was really good, but he was never, you know, um, like he made it far. Being in his band, like, it gets you the good gigs but it takes a toll on you right and the that's why i think and that's how i read that that andrew broke out of that in a way because he achieved he he was able to break out of it he was able to break um fletcher at the end uh, with his own with his own game in a way but i i think from you know from what we're supposed to get out of it it is really 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 iffy that we're justifying uh, the abuse by this teacher um, by, you know, just with, with getting an Andrew Newman, Neiman uh, out of it. And, you know, oh, well, he, you know, we, we got this one good musician out of it. And there's, and there's like legend level at 19. I'm not sure I find that to be kind of the, the compelling moral of the story, to be honest. 
I, I think that the yeah, one of the things that um I agree with you on is that the morality of this movie is very is very iffy. Um, but I, I generally don't care about morality in movies. Um, because I think that the world is complex enough. People have different views on what makes people tick. But I will say, watching it, I got extremely uncomfortable. I, I should I should point out that I thought this movie was excellent. You know, I think you would hear my arguments and think that, oh my God, he hated this film. Nah, this movie was a tour de force of acting, especially from J.K. Simmons and Andrew Andrew Teller too. Um, it was Miles really Teller. good. Was yep. uh, Miles Teller? I said Andrew Teller. <laughs> Miles Teller was really good in this movie. I was uh, impressed by him. Um, he, he showed angst, but I think the person who killed it was J.K. Simmons. And I think this movie would never be as good as it is if you couldn't tell um, all the the layers of characters that he put into it. You know, the scene where he's talking to that man and his daughter and he shakes the daughter's hand saying that you should come and play in the band. And then he was so nice. He goes into the room and then he calls them um, all sorts of demeaning words and demeaning names. And you go, he just was so nice out there. He closed the door and he becomes this demon in here. That range is what makes it so intense. And the best movies usually have um, characters that you can't predict. And that scene where just before he gave up and walked away, he goes, I know, oh, just before he went on stage and said, hey, um, before he went on the, the final scene where he goes in and tells him that I know that you're the one who ratted me out to the school. Those kinds of scenes, those are very powerful. It kind of took him out of his game. Um, but I think the fact that the character played the drums the way he did, took over, created chaos to get the attention of his teacher was also very powerful. And I think, you know, this movie is a very... I don't think this movie is drama. When I was watching it, I felt it was like an action film with all the assembles, all the music that you would hear in an action film. The only thing is that they're not throwing punches, they were just drumming. And I think that the intensity was just as... It was just as much as you would... It felt as electrifying as almost any action film that I watched. Um, And... I thought it was an excellent, excellent film. And you you might argue that a lot of the things that I pulled out to argue, they were true, but they didn't make the film. I don't think that... I think that they were superfluous to the film, but the movie, this, the main fulcrum of this film was so good that whatever criticism I have of all the other characters was superfluous to how effective this movie was conveying that message and how uncomfortable I got after that electrifying end. Yeah. 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 I agree. I mean, I do have to say the thing that frequently took me out of this movie is how obvious for me it was that Miles Teller was not playing what you hear. Um, it's something that, that takes me out of movies all the time. Uh, because I play drums and, and guitar and you know so so when I when I can tell like the the people don't know how to play these instruments like I think my Miles Taylor learned to play drums but obviously mm-hmm. not at this level right and it's like it's it's very obvious for somebody who mm. who plays drums 
and it's it, it, so unfortunately right but i think he's an actor he's not a like stellar jazz musician um i was just hoping they would have been able to mask it a little better because mm. it is it is extremely obvious um <laughs> so, so unfortunately i i agree with the intensity and 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 all that i think this could be extremely interesting as a play in a way right or like a musical but you need to find you know uh actors that can play drums like insanity yeah <laughs> so that, that'll be hard you know um but i think the the way how narrow it is as you kind of um described it uh, is is very conducive to to that kind of format as well uh i i agree it's a great movie uh, the music is is very good I don't listen to jazz a lot, but this was extremely enjoyable and and very well. Um, it, it all sounds very good, right? So it's it's uh, a good time. It's a good movie. It, it, it has is. some issues, I think, but it it is a good movie. Yeah, the pacing is is, is interesting. Um, yeah, I, I I don't have much else to add about this film. Um, I Maybe. thought that it was an excellent film. Um, the arguments that I've had are the arguments that I've had, but yeah. you know the movie is quite interesting, and I think that it probably should be higher in our, in the list, <clears throat> probably higher than the Italian film we watched. Um... <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> it's a beautiful life. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was a really good one. Yep, I agree. Um, where can people find us? They can find us on Twitter on uh at movie mistrial on instagram and facebook as well on our movie mistrial you can send us an email on at, uh, or at contact at movie mistrial.com contact at movie mistrial.com sorry about that's that right. <laughs> no that's all good <laughs> um next up a movie you hate i think casablanca <laughs> We finally get to Casablanca. We finally get to Casablanca. I am going to be curious because I've been hyping this film so much. What your take on this film is going to be at the very end. Um, I, I think, anyway, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, yeah. um, I'm not going to praise it any further. Um, but it would be, I love the film. Yes. All right. Well, until then, easy, everybody. Sounds good. <laughs>